That's right. You know, every morning when we wake up, we have a choice of how we want to face that day. Do we face it with dread, stress, and worry, or do we face it knowing that we are children of the Most High God and that He has a plan and a purpose for our life, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper? Today I want to talk to you about knowing what is valuable. Because last week we talked, and last week was a beautiful service about Memorial Day and, and the men and women who sacrificed their lives for our freedom as a, as a country. I know that we have several from different nations. We have Germany here, we have Africa here, Europe. Uh, we have some traveling in Europe even today. But the United States is a blessed nation. And we're blessed because of the freedoms that we have, because men and women sacrificed for our freedoms. And we talked about last week, what will you be remembered for? When you live your life, what will your children say about you? What will, will um, generations even after that say about you? What will your coworkers think about you? Your neighbors, your family members. We also talked about sacrifice. And if you remember what I define sacrifice as giving something up of value for something that's of greater value. That's what sacrifice is all about. So my question to you today is what do you value most in your life? What do you value most in your life and what would you be willing to sacrifice for that? See, we're not really into sacrificing because we have so much that we rarely think that we would have to sacrifice to have anything. But what do we value so much in our life that we would be willing to sacrifice? 1 John 2.16 tells us this, not everything that the world offers, physical gratification, greed, extravagant lifestyle, comes from the Father. It comes from the world. It's saying some of the things that we're striving for, that we're living our life for, is not from God. It's just created in our society. And this was written thousands of years ago. God has a purpose and a plan for everybody. Amen. Do you believe that? God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But for us to understand that purpose, we have to clarify our values. You see, what we value affects our life. Yes. Think about this. What we value affects our life. What you put the most value in, if it's money, that's going to affect your, wi your life. Your wife, too. Uh, it's going to affect <laughs> your family. Amen. If it's your looks, then you're going to spend all your time taking selfies, just walking around. See, if you had a pastor that always, I, I just want to be the best looking pastor in the Metroplex, then I'm going to be tanning, I'm going to be going to Bosley Hair Restore Place, I'm going to be working out, I'm going to be taking selfies. Oh my. And the church would start to starve because I was valuing me and not my relationship with God. Sometimes the things that we're valuing come in between our relationship with God. It could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be a goal, a, a, a degree that we're working for that we just say, well, you know, we're going to put God on hold for a while just so I can get, get this degree. Then I'll be happy. You see, what we have to understand is everything that the world offers will really never make you happy. 
There will always be more. There will always be somebody that has more, that has a little more talent than you, that has a little bit more giftings, that has better looking, whatever it is, and we're always striving for peace from this world, and we're never really going to find peace from this world. We're only going to find peace in our heart from having a relationship with Jesus Christ, from surrendering our lives and saying, God, you are in control. You are the creator, and I am the createe. You are complete wisdom. I'm just complete stupidity. I mean, I've really had these prayers. I don't think when we go out and we try to impress God with our, our prayers or our resume, he looks at us and just kind of laughs because he knows us. He knows our motives. You know, when I go out and I start walking and praying, you know, I always tell you, I say, God created me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And then I say, God, if there is any prejudice in my life, would you remove it? If there's any bitterness in my life, would you remove it? God, if there's any unforgiveness, if I have said something that's unpleasing to you, would you forgive me? You see, I have to have that just complete cleaning of house before I go praying because if not, God sees all of the bitterness and and envy and strife and lust and covetousness and my prayers mean nothing to him. What we value affects our life. Joshua 1.8 tells us this, never stop reciting these teachings. Never stop reciting these teachings. You must think about them night and day so that you will faithfully do everything written in them. And only then will you prosper and succeed. I thought about writing the, the smallest, thinnest, how to prosper and succeed and just putting this one scripture in it, selling it at bookstores for $19.99 and people are gonna think, it's gotta be incredible because it's only one page and then they look at the scripture and just says, you know what? It's all about understanding what the word of God talks about for our lives. Principles of our lives. Our values affect our stress levels. You see, when our values are unclear, there's confusion. When your values are unclear, there is confusion. I can list off topics and discuss with you where your values are, and if you're not strong in your values, there'll be confusion. You know, there's an old saying that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And there's a lot of people just falling because things sound good. You see, if you want to start talking to me about the value of life, my values are, I value life. I value marriage. You see, we can debate all you want, but it's not going to bring confusion in my life because I know what the Word of God is talking to me about. So I'm strong in my values. When there's conflict in our, our values, there's stress. Values also control our success in life. Every time you make a decision, you filter it through your values. Now, you don't realize you're doing this, but you're filtering this through your values. Every time you're making a decision, and I'm not talking the big I, I, corporate decisions, I'm talking decisions. You know, I'm trying to lose weight, and, and I've realized that losing weight is really about making a lot of small decisions. Do I get the salad? or the Baonka butt, or whatever that there, right? You know, have you seen the Subway commercial, you know? <laughs> and of course, this looks good, and this is what I want. I want the hamburger and fries, but I'll choose the salad. 
Why? Because I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to do things that will be strong for my body. But it's all small decisions. But if we don't value life, our life, if we don't value our cholesterol levels, or we value anything, then we'll just make any decision we want. See, if your values are right, it'll lead to growth in your life and success. But unfortunately, if your values are wrong, it's going to lead to destruction in your life. I honor my marriage. I honor my wife. Because of that, I, I don't try to look at other women. Other women will come into my life, but I try to stay focused on her because I value our marriage. But if I didn't value our marriage, then my actions would start speaking to her that I don't value her. What you think is important in life not only affects your stress and success, but it also can affect your salvation. Jesus even said it's possible for us to be outwardly successful, but inwardly, spiritually bank bankrupt. Mark 8.36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Which means you can become the wealthiest, most successful businessman, and all of us are going to die one day. I will guarantee you that. And where you spend eternity is based upon what decisions you're making right now. So you can gain everything that this world has to give and spend eternity forever and ever in the darkness away from God in his presence. Our values also affect other people. Amen. Our values affect other people. Have you ever been around a fanatic, um, you know, a, a Ranger fan since it's baseball time? They can tell you every Ranger player, every statistic. They can tell you the schedule. They've memorized it. They try to go to every game. They're the one obnoxious person sitting beside you that's yelling the whole time. Right? And while they're talking to you, they're going to try to be telling you how great the Rangers are. And sometimes it's fun to be around energetic people. Have you ever met anybody who really loves their grandchildren and every time you see them, man, they just are ready to whip out all the photos and they want to show you, here's my grandson at 101 in the afternoon and 103, look, he blinked. Isn't that, this kid knows how to blink. Like, he's probably the best blinker I've ever met in my life. Then here at 104, look, he's sticking his tongue out at us. Isn't that cool? And you have to sit there and like, yeah, this is great. But they're passionate about something. And I'll tell you what, when you walk away, you'll probably think more of that kid than you did before because they were so ecstatic about their grandchild. You see, as born-again Christians, we should be ecstatic about our relationship with Jesus Christ. I think a lot of people in the church today that people don't even know that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe the only way they can think that we're a Christian is possibly on Sunday mornings they see your driveway and you see your car leaving around 9.30 or 10 and coming back about 1 o'clock. But other than that, they don't really know that we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. I want us to look at four things. I'm going to go through this real quickly today. I want to look at four things that will establish what is valuable in our life. Point number one is choosing our source. Where do we get our values from? You see, the source of our values are very important. 
because it determines some of those sources and values in our life. I researched this this week, and it's interesting. I, I didn't use last year, 2012, because of the election, but in 2011, $144 billion was spent on television to convince you to do something. $144 billion was spent. But what was real interesting is that in 2011, online advertising was half of what it was on television, media. But they're projecting by 2016 that they're almost gonna be neck and neck. And what that's saying is there's a transition away from television and more things online. We're spending more time on Facebook. We're spending more time um, in, in Pinterest. And, and these are all great sites, but it's consuming our time. And those advertisers know that if you're gonna be spending a couple hours looking at the screen, we wanna sell you something. We wanna convince you about something. We wanna tell you that you need to be skinnier, you need to be healthier, your tires need to be replaced, your mattress need, now needs to be replaced every eight years, which <laughs> that's brand new to me. And then they say that they recycle them and give them to the poor. Well, if I didn't want it, why would the poor people want it? Because at least that was my dirt in the mattress, right? I'm trying to figure all this out. In fact, somebody on Monday, remember I told you, Memorial Day, if somebody came, they would think all Memorial Day is about sales. Somebody texted me on Monday morning, goes, Pastor, mattresses are on sale today. See, I tell you, mattresses are gonna be on sale every day. That's not the meaning of Memorial Day. What we value, what they're trying to sell us, what they're trying to tell us, what they're trying to form us, what they're trying to tell our young people to be. You see, they're really going after that 20-something group to tell them what will make them happy, what will make you successful, what will bring you peace. We as a, Americans are spending in 2011 an average of 35 hours a week in front of television. Now, that's almost, see I, I work a full-time job during the week. I do software sales, and I work 40 hours a week. So that's almost a second job right there alone. And they're saying that the internet time now is even increasing. There's, there's a drop in the TV and an increase in that. We have to be careful about our values. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now this was written over 2,000 years ago, and it's still relevant today. You see, the world has three basic values. The world does. This is what the world has to offer you. Pleasure, right? Pleasure is, is a primary value in this world. But that's really the lust of the flesh. Possessions, that's the lust of the eye. Ooh, I want that. Prestige, that's the pride of life. 1 John 2.16 says, For everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from this world. If you ask people what they want from life, they're going to say, I want to be happy. I want to have fun. 
I want to feel good, right? I mean, those seem like really legitimate things. If you just said, what do you want from life? I want to feel good. I want to have fun. I want to be happy. Because we live in a very pleasure-obsessed culture. We live in a very pleasure-obsessed culture. We often buy things that we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't know. Think about this. We're buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't know just so that we can have possessions. Prestige, image is everything. We're very status conscious. We want people to think that we're important. We want people to think that we're successful. And when that happens, we feel good about ourselves. But Romans 12, 2 tells me, says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. You see, if you buy into the world's value system, you're going to spend your entire life seeking after possessions. We're going to spend our entire life going after prestige because that's what the world is pumping billions of dollars into us, telling us that's what's important. That's where your value should be. If you want to be a good dad, do this for your family. If you want to be a good wife, do this. If you want to uh, be just good at the workforce, this is what you need to do. This is the image you need to have. But when we're spending all of our time fulfilling those elements, we're not spending time with God seeking what his value for our life is, what his purpose for our life is. We've substituted We've substituted what God wants for our lives with what the world is offering at every street corner. What you drive says much about you. What you wear states. The brand that you wear. The music that you listen to. The groups that you hang out with. The concerts that you go to. It's all status. It's all following something that's going to really lead to nothing. As Christians, the best place for us to get our values is from the word of God, spending time with God. Point number two is clarify what is important. What do you consider to be most important in life? Find out what you consider to be most important in life and then attach a scripture to that. There's your litmus test right there. If my biggest purpose in life is to lead the largest church in America, where am I gonna find that in the word of God? But if my value in life is to encourage people, to teach them, disciple them, to reach out to them, I've got passages all throughout the Bible that I can detach that. See, if your motives are wrong, the Bible's not going to back it up. So if you said, oh, this is my value, this is what I want to do, then all I'm going to ask you is find a scripture that backs that up. Stand on that. But if you can't back it up with scripture, then it might be more you and less God. That's where things get a little dangerous. You see, we need to understand the values of our life. If you don't choose them, you'll pick them up from the people around you. Some of those values will be good, and some of those values will be bad. 
Here's a question. How do you define success in your life? How do you define success in your life? You see, other people will help you define what success should be. Your employer is constantly telling you what you need to do on the job to improve. Your teachers are constantly trying to teach you what you need to learn to improve. Hopefully parents are installing values into their children. The church should be a factor in installing values in our, our lives. But let me give you a definition of success. Success is the feeling that I get when I'm living out my values. Now you'll notice that I did not attach success to achievement. The reason why it's very dangerous to attach success to achievement, which is definitely what the world is trying to give you, okay? Every self-help book is trying to teach you how to outperform everyone else so that you'll have success. But with any athletic or musical or oratorial or professional, whatever it is, there's always gonna be somebody better come along and break your record. And when your success is built on performance, and that's broken, you feel crushed. But when your success is based upon the values of your life, no one can ever take that away from you. Man. You may not live in the largest house in the neighborhood, you may not drive the newest car in the parking lot, because those are not the values that are important to you. But I'll tell you what, one day at your funeral, you'll have hundreds and thousands of people showing up to honor you because you took time to pour into their life to help them out when they were struggling, to give them a word of encouragement when they needed it, to pray with them when it wasn't really convenient for you. These are the values that should be important to us as a church and as Christians. Aren't you glad that we don't have a ranking system in the church? The most wealthiest people will sit on the front row. And then based upon your income, second row, third row. So what you do is when you come to church, bring your W-2. We'll tell you where you need to be seated. Now, what would you think about a church that had a value system like that? What would our first-time guests think about this? I didn't know I was supposed to bring a W-2. I thought I was coming to church. I thought you guys were supposed to be loving and kind of educated and try to teach me something. Values are very important. Very important. So what is going to last? What is going to last 10 years from now? What are you doing right now that will last 20 years from now? You say, whoa, Mark, these are heavy questions today. Whoa. I'm still losing weight, so I'm still a heavy pastor. But these are heavy questions. Okay? Thanks. What are we doing? What are we valuing so much that's going to matter 10 or 20 years from now? The things that don't matter, maybe I shouldn't spend as much time on. And maybe the things that do matter, I need to be spending a little more time on. Values. Hebrews 11:24 through 25 tells us this about Moses. It says, "By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God, rather to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin." 
what it's referencing is that Moses had it made. He was living in the palace. He had favor with the Pharaoh. He had been kind of unknowingly adopted into the family. And when he found out that he didn't belong to that family and that his true family were the slaves, he struggled with the value. The easiest thing that Moses could have done is just kept his mouth shut. Right. And he would have been fed grapes. The little fan would have been going. But he valued what God was valuing and what God's calling on his life was because we all know that God used Moses to lead the children out of the bondage, to take them out of Egypt. But see, if he had chose the easy life, some of us are choosing the easy life right now. We're not wanting to lead anybody out of bondage. We don't care about anybody in bondage. We don't care that there's human trafficking going on. We don't care that a lot of this world is starving or that the AIDS is still running rampant. But I'd like to show you the new leather in my Lexus. It's beautiful. <laughs> I don't own a new Lexus. I don't even own an old Lexus. <laughs> Values are so important. Possessions aren't going to last. First Timothy 6, 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world. And guess what? You're taking nothing out. We really... Nothing that you, it's really family members that are going to be lining up after you're gone to see what you have. Probably fight over it. But that's what we're working for. Solomon was the wealthiest man who ever lived at that time. He was also the most powerful man in the world. And this is what he wrote. Now this is from the Bill Gates of the time that had everything. Okay? In fact, I think Solomon's wealth made Bill Gates even look middle class. I mean, palaces made of gold. Ecclesiastics 2, 9 through 11. So I grew rich. I grew richer than anyone in Jerusalem before me, and yet my wisdom remained with me. If, someone, if something appealed to me, I, I did it. I allowed myself to have any pleasure I wanted since I found pleasure in my work. This was my reward for all of my hard work. Doesn't it sometimes how we justify things? How we justify things? Well, I really deserve this because I did this. Verse 11, but when I turned to look at all that I had accomplished and all the hard work I'd put into it, I saw that it was all pointless. It was like trying to catch the wind. I gained nothing from any of my accomplishments under the sun. Amen. This is from someone who had unlimited resources and unlimited power to get anything that they wanted. But this is what the world is trying to still sell us today to form our values. Point number three is change my life, change my lifestyle. I want you to focus on three areas of your life if you really want to change your lifestyle. One is your time. Just a minute ago, I talked about spending less time on the things that aren't important. What, what's going to matter 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And if it's not important, Maybe we should start spending more time on things that are important. Helping develop our family to be a strong, growing family. Spending time with our children, our grandchildren, teaching them wisdom. Yeah. Pouring into the family. Volunteering. There are great ministries all over the Metroplex just that need volunteers. Helping feed people through food banks. Mission Arlington. Great ministries. Schools foster care, 
These are all areas that we could spend our time. Secondly, our money. Where are we spending our money? You show me your checkbook, I'll show you what's important in your life. Really. If everything is going to the Parks Mall, then fashion and prestige is pretty much your main goal. Where are you spending your money? Are you, are you investing in other people? Are you sowing seed into the church? Are, are you, you giving even in the offerings so that we can support missionaries? Well, I don't have extra funds. Maybe our cable could go. Hmm? Maybe our Starbucks could suffer a little. Maybe I shouldn't even be making eye contact. I'm just going to look above your heads all during this time. Somebody's like, he looked at me on the Starbucks question. I know he did. I mean, really, six, seven dollar cups of coffee? I'll show you where you can get a great cup of coffee for 49 cents. Take your Starbucks cup over there. If that's what's important to you, fill up your Starbucks cup with the 49 cent and then walk around and make everybody look like you paid six dollars for it. Oh, that was prestige. Sorry, I've already passed that. Never mind. I'm coming forward. My relationships. The third thing, time, money, relationships. If you want to start changing your values, look at these things. Where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my money? And where am I spending in relationships? Am I truly spending time with my family? Or are they just getting leftovers? You see, my children know when they're getting leftovers. Many of you all know that when we started this church in our house, we told our kids, you are not going to be victims of ministry. Victims of ministry happen when a pastor and his wife just go all out for the church and they ignore their family. And that's why preacher's kids have such bad reputations. In fact, at UTA, when my two oldest kids tell them that they're preacher's kids, they've heard this multiple times, you're not the traditional preacher's kid that I've ever met before. Because normally the PK is the wildest. Rebellion. You know why? Because they didn't get love and acceptance from their parents. They're looking for love and acceptance anywhere else. Anyone else. I've told my daughters that I'm going to fill their love cup. I'm going to tell them that they're beautiful. I'm going to open the door for them. I'm going to treat them like princesses so that when the first guy comes around and starts giving him attention, he's got such high standards to meet, it's going to weed a lot of got to outdo me and I'm smarter than any of those kids around okay it's got to be love because just because he honks the horn my daughter's not gonna be running across the lawn to jump in the back of the truck she would say you know what dad he doesn't treat me the way you treat me what happens is when we don't fill their love cup they're gonna look for somewhere else so we always told our kids from Friday at 4 o'clock till Saturday, about 4 o'clock, you have our attention. Do you want to go to the movies? you want to go out to eat? What do you all want to do? We make decisions as a family. If something comes in and says, hey, we need you to be at this event, we ask the family, is it all right for mom and dad to go to this banquet? But we involve them in the decision. We don't tell them the decision. We have to value family. Because if you don't value them, they're going to search for somebody who does value them. And those people are going to put their values in your child. I'm saying this out of love. I really am. I'm trying to show you what the word of God is saying versus what the world is bombarding you against. I feel like I'm spitting in a lake trying to make a difference. 
Psalms 119 and verse 37 says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give my life in your ways. This would be a great passage for anyone who's struggling with what they're seeing on the internet or what they're seeing on television. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. There's a lot of worthless things out there. I mean, even you guys gotta admit that, right? Sometimes, have you ever walked out of a movie and thought, I paid $7 to see that? <laughs> and I mean, it's not, I'm not talking to R rate, I'm talking just a really poorly made film. Stop doing what isn't important in your life and what's not of value. You've got time, you've got money, you've got love. Start using those for things that are truly valuable. Somebody might say, Pastor Mark, I hear what you're saying and, and I'd really like to change but I know that I don't have the power to do it. I could be nodding in here and the moment that I hit the parking lot, I'm gonna be back in my old ways. You know why you can't do this yourself? Because one, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Secondly, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is that small, small voice that's telling you don't do that, don't send that email. Yeah, get out of here. This is not a place for you. And we either tell it to, sh to shut up or we listen to it. But the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, makes that voice louder, okay? You know, if you want me to record on your cell phone, don't do this, and so you play it, I'll be more than happy to. But the Holy Spirit, that's what the role is because I can't be on your cell phone all the time or you're not gonna want to play that button because the moment you know you hit that, you're not gonna wanna do that. And you really wanna do that. That's when the Holy Spirit's inside of you saying, this is not for you. Danger, Will Robinson. Do you remember the? Okay, that's for the older people, sorry. Yeah, we really do. We need that danger, danger, okay? The trouble is most of us never get serious about change in our life. My last point, and I'll close with this, is check my values daily. Is my life in harmony with what I say is important? Is my time, my finances, are my relationships in harmony with what I believe in God? If it's truly important, if it's truly important, then can you spare five minutes each day with God? You say, wow, five minutes? Pastor, I thought you'd be asking for 30 or an hour or two. Yeah, I'd love that, but can we start with five? Can you start spending time in the Word, just studying scriptures? You know why we give Bible promise books even to our first-time guests is because it breaks all the scriptures down into categories. If you're feeling depressed, read these scriptures. If you need healing, these are the scriptures. If you want joy in your life, here's the scriptures. If you want to know Jesus Christ, here's the scriptures. Spend time studying the scriptures. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Focus on your life and your teaching. Continue to do what I've told you. If you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. Amen. We have a message of hope. You know what I loved about Dino's song is not only that he wrote that song, but before he shared the song, he's given you some of the struggles he's went through. We as a church were there when he was diagnosed with cancer and we started praying. We started coming against all the, the reports that the doctors were trying to tell him. 
And you know where the cancer was? It was in his throat. What does Dino do? He loves to sing. Does that not just seem like a demonic attack on an area of his ministry? When the doctors told Dino and Corianne that they couldn't have children, but their desire was to have children. You see, his testimony led to the song that he shared with you today. Values. What are we standing on? What are we falling for? I'm going to tell you that life is going to change. If you haven't realized this, we all grow older. Children grow up. Children move away. Some of them move back in, but I'm not even going to go there. But seasons change. Things change. Technology is constantly changing. Right? But our values don't need to change. Regardless of what the latest fad is, our values need to stay consistent with the word of God. Amen. I'd like to invite you to make a decision if you've never made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come up front. I'm going to lead everybody in just a very simple prayer. But you say, Mark, why would I need to ask Jesus Christ into my heart? Let me just tell you real quickly. One, we were all born into sin. We're all born sinners. Secondly, sin cannot be in the presence of God. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to become a perfect sacrifice for us. And Jesus Christ gave himself to be crucified on a cross for our forgiveness. And all we have to do is invite him into our lives. We just have to ask him to come into our lives. Some people might do it just because they're scared of when they die. But to me, I think the real relationship with Jesus Christ is having him guide, direct, and lead us in situations. To be our protector. To be our our savior, to be our provider. You know, I've shared many times with you the time that the company that I was working for started laying off everyone in sales. It started in New York. Calls started going out from California to New York. They went to Atlanta. They went to Florida. I'm getting all of these voicemails, emails. I remember walking in with Chris and I said, honey, I, it's coming this way. Psalms 91 popped in my mind. Why? Because the word of God is valuable to me. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my strength. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but no harm or danger is going to come near you. We stood on that. We started declaring God's word. We started reciting it. And do you know that out of all the offices that they closed from the East Coast to the West Coast, they kept one office open with one employee, and it was here. It wasn't me. I was praying the protection. That's why it's important for us to know the word of God. That's why it's important for us to have a relationship. Because I'll tell you what, if I did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would have been freaking out that morning. 
I'd have already been preparing. I would have already been speaking words of negative. We're going to lose our job. We're going to lose our house. I don't know. We may have to move in with some Heinzmans. Whatever the case may have been. Now, aren't you thankful that I know the word of God? See, <laughs> the point being is, if you don't have values, your world can fall apart in one email. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, one report from the doctor can rock your world. Everything that you know today can change in one instant. That's when you go to the word of God and say, okay, what, what does the word of God say about this? It's important for us as born-again believers to know the word, to also be there to encourage each other, to say, I'm praying and start praying scriptures, to be there as a body, to be there as a family. This week, we as a family learned what it was to be a family. When one of our family members had an urgent need at 12.30 in the morning, we came together as a family. That's what the body of Christ is to do. If you don't know Christ, or you said, you know what, Mark, it's been such a long time. Bless you. I really mean that. If you don't know Christ, or it's been a very long time, then this morning, when we say the prayer, would you not only say it, but would you mean it? See, God knows our heart when we're just saying it, or when we really mean it. Just like my wife knows when I tell her that I, I love her or if I'm just saying it as a routine. God knows our heart. Would everybody close your eyes? Before I lead you in this prayer, I asked you some questions earlier today. What is it that you value in life that you'd be willing to sacrifice for? What is important to you right now what will matter 10 to 20 years from now? And what is your value in life? If you have trouble answering any of those, I'd ask you to accept Christ in your life to understand your calling and purpose. Would everybody pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm saved. Amen. If you said that, tell somebody. You know, when we fall in love, we Facebook everybody. I'm now in a relationship. We can't wait to tell everybody about our newfound affection. How much more important is the relationship that you're going to have forever and ever and ever in the presence of God? That the moment we leave this world, we're in the presence of God Amen. in heaven where there's no sickness, Amen. there's no death, there's no stress, there's no worry. It's beautiful. As I told you before, I think heaven will have sounds that we've never heard before, smells that we've never experienced, colors that we would not be able to describe on this earth. And how much more beautiful is that? Thank you for being here today. I pray that your values have possibly been challenged. I'd ask that you'd join us on Tuesday night as we walk for 45 minutes to an hour 
praying for our community. God showed me that if we ask for our community, if we slow down enough to just walk our neighborhoods, he's gonna give us our community. People will be coming in. The t-shirts are free. We just ask you to show up. Last week as we were walking, a biker had already been noticing other neon colored shirts that we were giving out and wanted to know what we were selling. <laughs> See, their first thought is, what are you selling? And we just said, you know what? We're just praying for our community. And he just looked at me like, what? Why would you care? See, that's what the world expects from the church. We as a church need to get out of the four walls and into our community. If that's of value to you, join us Tuesday at 6.30 in the community center. We'll give you your shirt. If you need one special size, let us know. John in the back corner has where you can get your name and a shirt, and we'll have it made by Tuesday for you. I'd like for you to stand as we dismiss. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we close. According to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today. We love you so very, very much.